Good evening and welcome everyone to Adventures in Lollygagging. I am Aaron and I'm going to be your Doom Master tonight as we continue our Hyborian Tales Far East Edition. Uh, I'm going to give you a brief recap of what happened over the over our last adventure. If you did not see it, you should probably go back and check it out because there were moments of hilarity and near death. But essentially, this whole group of scoundrels went to a party in the city of Zamora. Now, of course, they were on the job. They were looking to steal a torque of Mitra for a knight of Mitra to return it to his holy order as part of the reliquary of Mitra. They took the job, they went to the party, and at the end of the party, well, all of the senior members of the cult of Set in Zamora were dead. Our sorcerer priest had been captured and escaped no less than three times. Our group had thwarted the plans of the spider god Zehud and made an enemy of him and his followers, but they had befriended a small goddess, Grandmother Wisp, who some of your more close followers know as Urzuli. They were successful in their missions for both Grandmother Wisp and the uh, uh, Church of Mitra, and then they were told that they probably should flee the area as quickly as possible, since both Set and Zehud were a little bit pissed off with them. So they decided to head east. And when I say east, I mean they decided to head very far east, into the empire of Kitai and the capital city of Paikang, which is where they've been laying low for the last several weeks. So I'm going to turn it over to them one at a time so they can introduce themselves and their characters and 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 how they're feeling about being in this city. So we're going to start with Ashley. Tell us about Aurelia. So Aurelia is our Bostonian uh, hunter. And she's generally pretty stoic and quiet. Like her priorities are being practical hurting us and keeping us safe and then kind of being a lookout for any potential danger. Um, sometimes she's not so great at that, but she tries. Um, and yeah, she had a pretty traumatic childhood. Uh, she's the sole surviving member of her village and she's kind of been a nomad ever since. And as she finds herself in the city of Paikang, um, isolated from her people, her language, her customs. Uh, how 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 is she feeling in the city? It's she's kind of feels really out of place in the city. Um, regardless of not knowing the language or like she's not really great at social cues either. Um, so she much prefers to be out of the city in nature, um, and only really travels in the city when she has to be there. And Steven, tell us about Sobek. Greetings, mortals. I am Sobek Keeper, priest of Set the Old Serpent. Though my sight may have been taken from me, my powers of darkness have strengthened tenfold. My loyalty lies with the true serpent god, and I will stop at nothing to further his agenda. 
As for this city, I find it rather dull. There is not much to occupy my impressive acumen, and the archives of knowledge have been frustratingly sealed off. However, being treated as a lesser is not anything that I am unused to, so I will persevere and find a way. And Jeff, how's Zamir finding the city? Yes, Zamir is uh, very excited, in fact. He is uh, he has traveled before, never this far east, of course. He has been to many, uh, many land, uh, often for uh, professional assignments, uh, but he always finds a new country uh, ripe with opportunity uh, and so much to learn culturally. Uh, and uh, he is finding uh, a bit uh, isolation to be that the language barrier is, is somewhat difficult, but at the same time, Zamir is a student of, uh, of human observation. So there is a way that people move that also communicates their feelings, their passions, their desires. So he is finding a way when he is not being uh, chased away. That is, uh, they have a very curious system uh, here, a uh, social order that seems quite confusing that he has not quite figured out yet. Uh, he has been, um, he has been very anxious to, uh, to do something, in fact, uh, as, as this uh, gift from, uh, uh, from the, from Grandmother Wisp has, uh, has him intrigued. Is it, am I truly, uh, nigh immortal? Uh, but, uh, he will not know. So at the one hand, he, he wants to get more daring to see how far his luck can go. But on the other hand, the promise of, of, oh, such... Oh, such a wonderful rapture 200 years from now makes him possibly more cautious at times, too. It is a very difficult time for him, as he is in both sides of his mind right now. Well, I'm fairly certain the Grandmother Wisp will be waiting for you with open arms in 200 oh years. Oh, dear. Long since uh, Sir Drusus Jolden may not make it quite that far. Why don't you tell us about him? <laughs> yes, I am Sir Drusus Jolden. A noble warrior and in this new land everything is interesting and stimulating every corner every everything interests him he can learn something he's when he speaks to the people here he goes with his noble ways his understanding of what makes him is people look at him like they insulted his mother so he's here as a learning opportunity trying to understand their cultures their customs trying to get as many new followers as possible i like it and last, but by no means least, Melissa, why don't you tell us about Roya? Uh, yes, so uh, Roya Nadi is the shaman of the group. Uh, she actually also has a uh, donkey named Ben, who we didn't really meet uh, during our last adventure. So even though we kind of hand-waved the travel, she's enjoyed getting to spend time with Ben uh, while we were kind of going from here to there. Um, so I happened to roll two characters with... Uh, with animals in uh, close uh, succession of each other. So uh, she's getting to spend some quality time with Ben. And uh, now that we have arrived here, um, so she's a, a tribes person, um, kind of a, a bit nomadic in her history, but the area that she was from, there would be a lot of travelers. And so uh, she's actually fairly used to 
meeting individuals from different cultures. Um, and so she sort of sees this as an opportunity to um, kind of put old skills of observation to use, um, you know, especially when she was younger, she was observing and not necessarily being the one uh, interacting and talking and making deals and doing all of those things. And so now uh, much older, uh, she's making it out here and kind of gets an opportunity to see what she can remember from her her previous days and see kind of what are those skills she can kind of polish off here. Nice. So it did take uh, almost probably a couple of months uh, travel along the Silk Road and 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 past the sea to to get to Katai. During that entire time, you know there were there were small adventures that were had, but uh, those were tales for another time. You've been now in the city of Paikang for a couple of weeks. So what this session tonight is all about mechanically is carousing. So when you look at the Conan Age Undreamed of game, you've got your adventure part, and then you've got kind of your downtime part, which is carousing. So we're going to go through each of the steps of carousing tonight uh, so that uh, we familiarize ourselves with the rules because this is the first time we're carousing. And so everybody else at home who might be watching this can, can see the mechanics of, of the game as we walk through it as well. So the first thing in carousing is upkeep. Now, what that means in this game is it's not it's it's not just your room and board. It's replacing any equipment that was damaged or lost as far as your standard kit goes. It's what it's the amount of gold you had to spend to get from place to place to rent your place where you're staying now for your food, for, for everything. And everybody's upkeep is different based on your social standing and your renown. However, we're no longer in Hyboria. We're no longer in the Hyborian kingdom. So although everyone got a, a boost of renown at the end of our last adventure, it doesn't follow over into Katai because in Katai, uh, the only way you are known for something is if you've done something within the empire of Katai. They don't really recognize any barbarian exploits as anything worth knowing. So for your upkeep here, um, it's it's your standard upkeep without reducing your your renown but also because outsiders are 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 looked down upon seriously and they're not truly welcome in much of the city your actual upkeep is going to be the cost of your upkeep plus 3 gold pieces so we're just going to go around so um Aurelia what is your upkeep uh my base upkeep is 3 so I'm paying 6 so over the course of the few weeks we've been here, Aurelia's had to put out six gold pieces for room and board and to take care of any basic uh, needs that she has. How about you, Sobek? And this is just your standard upkeep. We're not talking about any any cost to your pay sorcerer's patrons yet. Uh, my upkeep uh, is four, I believe. Okay. So you'll be paying seven gold here in Katai. Um, for your for your standard of living so to speak and how about zamir uh zamir's upkeep is two so it'd be five in total i believe he, he knows how to live frugally our yes, zamir indeed. does and how about sir drusus long our noble warrior yeah mine's like sobex also four so we'll be paying seven okay and then finally roya Sorry, I was distracted with chat. Where do we find the renown cost? 
the uh, oh, uh, upkeep uh, cost. Sorry, it's, it's on your character sheet. There, it's it under the be. belongings belongings tab. tab. Yes. Oh, upkeep is three. Three. Like me. Yeah. three. Okay. Yes. So three. you'll end up paying six gold for your upkeep. So everyone, please deduct that gold. Um, and at this point, you know, you've been here for a few weeks, you're getting the lay of the land. Now, as I said, you're, you're staying in the poor district because that's the only place that out, uh, outsiders are allowed to stay or the shanty town, but you've got enough cold not to have to stay in the shanty town. You're welcome within the market market district and you're allowed in the great garden, but in most of the other areas of Paikang, um, you can go but you found that it's hard to get service in a lot of these areas and um, you definitely feel the weight of the attention of all of the people in the city. However, you've paid your upkeep, you've you've learned the lay of the land, so to speak. So now the next phase of carousing is actually spending any experience points that you earned from your last adventure. So at the end of the last adventure, everyone received 300 experience points. Now, uh, Ashley, do you know how Aurelia is going to spend or did spend her experience points? Yes. Uh, so I spent mine on, I spent 150 for Ransack, uh, which means I'm adept at thoroughly searching an area quickly. The search is uh, obvious to any onlookers who examine the area searched. Difficulties determined by size of the area. Um, and then... Because I had so much focus for range, I also picked up Marksman and Shoot for the Horizon. Nice. Now, a little bit about spending experience in Conan. You can spend experience to increase your attribute. Uh, your attributes, of course, the higher the attribute you want to uh, increase it to, the, the much more expensive it becomes. You could spend experience to increase your skill expertise. Or you can spend experience to increase your skill focus. At this point, since you were past character creation, those uh, are increased separately. And then finally, you can purchase talents. Um, and as um, Ashley alluded to, uh, when you're buying talents, if you have focus in an attribute that's associated with the talent you want to buy, that reduces the cost of the talent. Uh, it reduces the cost of the talent by 25 experience points for each point of focus you have in the relevant attribute. And then the deeper you go in the tiers of talents, the more expensive they are to buy. The first tier is 200. The second tier, which is the full full jump down from your first tier, is 400, etc., uh, the only difference is if you're buying fortune talents, they're much more expensive. We'll go into that if if that should come up. But for everybody, that's 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 basically how you spend experience points. Um, and now that we know how Aurelia has spent her experience points, we're going to skip over Sobek for a moment, and we're going to go to Zamir. Ah, uh, well, uh, after the events and the high priestess Satanapres, uh, uh the palace. Uh, it became very abundant to Zamir that he is partnered with uh, extremely loud, obnoxious, uh, uh, clumsy, completely utterly ridiculous people who are going to get him killed. So in order to uh, to help curb some of the trouble that they're going to unnaturally get Zamir into, he invested uh, in learning how to best aid his allies in stealth 
so I took the uh, the camouflage talent, uh, which allows me then to uh, to roll basically stealth for the group. Effectively, is what it is. Uh, he is a very adept assassin, however, so it was not too difficult for him to to learn this and. The amount of effort he put into trying to keep Roya uh, stealthy and alive made the lessons quite easy to remember. So he also took uh, an observation talent as well, uh, knowing that the, the, the places that we go sometimes are trapped and there are many uh, secure things that we are able to bypass with fortune uh, while moving about certain operas uh, chambers. But that will not always be the case. So I also took an observation talent by the name of It's a Trap, which allows me to better keep an eye out for various fulcrums and pressure plates and other other kinds of of, of, uh, of traps for for folks of us of our kind. Uh, so he is he is quite well prepared to once more work with this unprofessional group. Let's <laughs> be honest. Oh, very nice. Uh, and how about Sir Drusus Jolden? Do you know how he went to expend your experience points? Yeah, I was going to go for the talents of the hunt. So in my time here, I can't really communicate with the locals. And they're not understanding. So I find myself a bird that okay. they to work with. So uh, since this is a talent out of Conan the Wanderer specific to this Far East region, what we've what I've said is, is you, get, you have to spend 10 gold pieces to find a teacher who will teach you this beginning talent. So you subtract your 10 gold pieces, and then you have found yourself a teacher. Uh, actually, while you were in the Great Garden, you saw uh, someone working their falcons. Um, and this individual recognized in you your noble bearing. And even though you have a very, you have a severe language barrier, he respected the martial way that you moved and was willing to teach you the basics of falconry. Uh, that's all I was going to get for my experience. Okay. Um, and then Roya. Okay. So um, one of the things that she is going to uh, kind of spend some of that XP on, she definitely saw kind of coming across traumatized individuals and the need to try to be able to support them. Um, and that might be something that she might uh, need to do, especially if she's going to leave members of the party behind to be tortured. She might, as was referenced earlier, want to be able to help them later with the after effects of said torture. Uh, so she's going to take the talent Comforting Lies, which helps um, to treat traumas and actually be able to heal them instead of them just being treated. Nice. And then... Um, kind of as I referred to earlier, one of the things that she had observed um, when she was younger and, you know, kind of the individuals coming in and out kind of, of her area uh, was how folks haggle. And so that's something that she is going to uh, try to kind of try out. Um, and so that's going to be a talent under Persuade. And, and how does that talent work? Uh, so essentially, um, after making a society test to purchase an item, you may roll a simple persuade test and reduce the cost by one by spending two momentum, and it is repeatable. Nice, nice. All right, and we uh, we we skipped over Sobek. We're gonna we're gonna come to his experience spins here in a, in a couple of minutes. Uh, they tie up 
with a couple of other things that he's going to be doing. So uh, we're going to move out of the experience phase. So in browsing, we've done upkeep, we've done uh, XP. Now we're going into pay your patron. Now this uh, this is for sorcerers or people who are uh, engaged with some sort of sorceress thing. So one afternoon after you've been here for a couple of weeks, uh, Zamir, you feel that that knot in the back of your brain, that 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 tumor that's growing webs throughout your psyche. You feel it whisper. I hunger. Feed me. Demon, I I thought perhaps it was merely a a dream. Uh, But I suppose this is is truly happening. What is it you want to feed upon? We are one. Feed me. Feed me suffering, the suffering of others. Or your own suffering. Whichever you would have. I have not a quarry worthy of harming currently, and I will not, as my my duty suggests, I will not harm one without without proper need and reason. So if it is it is I that you must feed upon, so be it. I shall be the one who benefits from what you can provide. It is only fair that I shall return. So Zamir's going to whip a dagger out. Maybe the fang is set specifically. Spin it around in his hand, kind of balance it for a moment. He'll, he'll try to do this in a, in, a, in a spot where he's not being seen. And he will lift up the back of his hair where he kind of has this big comb over. It and he's got this. So generally what Zamir wears is the harnesses, but he also has... And at the top part of his back, right below his shoulders, he has uh, almost like a like a half jacket, like this leather piece that kind of covers it. And it's because that's where he has suffered a significant amount of scarring from when he was interrogated by his own people uh, after after his brother betrayed them. And so he will reach back and he will just start carving to himself over and over, cutting through the scar tissue one after the other and some of it is so thick that he literally has to like saw through it in a way uh, and then he will bring the uh, he'll bring the the fang of set around see it covered in blood and he'll say is this sufficient for you and you you see the blood get absorbed into the blade and you feel this kind of burning sensation moving up your arm uh up into your chest and you feel a weakness in your heart and in your thoughts. And then you the voice speaks again. Feed me until you die and pass me to another or choose another victim. But for now, this will do. So mechanically, you suffer three points of fatigue until your next upkeep phase. Gotcha. And it's cumulative. So at the next upkeep, you'd go to six fatigue. Gotcha. Oh dear. Oh goodness. When you feel that 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 knot of of rancidness within your mind expand ever so slightly as it becomes more at home within you, almost as if it's trying on your meat sack for its own. 
And then we find Sobek. Sobek, you feel yourself a pull, a pull to leave the city. And you can, it's a familiar feeling for you from, from your patron, uh, from your pact, pulling you out of the Dragon Gate to the southwest. I happily follow. And as you leave the gate, you know what is what is required of you. You must find a way to appease the demands of your patron and the one who holds your pack. So mechanically, what that means for a sorcerer is for every um, patron or pact you hold, you roll five effect dice. And you total them up, and that determines either the amount of gold you have to spend, either in, in putting incense in temples or having statues carved or, or whatever the case may be, or the amount of resolve you have to get from others, either by bringing them into your cult or torturing them or terrifying them, or the amount of blood you must sacrifice from others to your patron and pact. So, since Sobek already has a patron and a pact, he has to roll 10 effect dice, 10d6, and, and, and we'll see uh, what your demand is during this upkeep phase. Uh, does it matter that my patron and my pact are the same person? Nope. Okay. You, still have to, uh, you have to still upkeep for both parts of it. Is there a way to roll effect dice in-game? Uh. You can just roll 10d6 and we can just check. We can just count the numbers. But we can't, on your character sheet, you can set it up for next time where you can just, of course, next time it'll might be more. Okay, so let's see what we got here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. That's not too bad. Um, am I counting that right? One, two. No, three, four. Oh, sorry, I missed the fives. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So you owe you you owe a demand to your patron and pact of either nine gold, nine resolve, or nine. Uh, vigor. How do you uh, how do you want to pay that? I'd rather not pay gold if I can avoid it. You can. I would probably go the dark route and try to find someone that has some sort of basic understanding of my language, and if not, I would have to do it myself. I would prefer to enslave someone and have them make an offering for me. Okay. Um, give me a society check. Difficulty three. You can, of course. Now, we've we've reset everything, so everybody's fortune points are back. Momentum for the party's at zero. My doom is back to 14, the starting doom based on the party side or based on the number of fortune points that the party cumulatively has. So you can give me doom for additional dice. You can spend a fortune dice. Uh, yes, I will spend a fortune 
And looking at my skill here, I will also give you some doom. Okay. Two doom. Ooh, complication, but three successes. Okay. So uh, you find somebody who does speak, who actually speaks Stygian. A follower of Set in the city. Perfect. Uh, upon him, uh, he's a follower of Set, so he probably has a system for this. But I would use Enslave upon him and tell him to find the correct number of sacrifices for my patron. Uh, what do you want? What do you? Okay, well, let's let's see how it goes first. So it's a contested. So you go ahead and roll to cast, and we'll see how he does. Sorry, I just realized that sorcery was too far down on my window. <laughs> I will spend one more fortune on this. Okay. All right. Four successes. Four successes. Nice. I'm not going to spend anything on this because this guy is not expecting this to happen. And he only gets one success. So you're uh, you're able to easily uh, ensnare him with your spell. My master, what would you have me do with the sacrifices when I have found them? Perform the correct rituals, and their blood offering will be given to my patron in Stygia. As you command. And he goes off. Um, and again, you feel the pull out of the gate, out of the dragon gate. I will follow the poll one more time. If I got to make another offering, I will. Well, by the time you get outside of the gate, uh, you feel the weight of the demand lift from your shoulders. Apparently, uh, this individual that you sent off was quick and diligent, perhaps not uh, very circumspect, but uh, the, the demand has been offered to your patron and packed, uh, and it has been lifted. But once you get outside of the gate, um, you're near a, a tall bamboo stands uh, that are off to the side. And at that point, when you look over, you see something apparently stalking through the bamboo a little deeper, shadowy, a giant shadowy figure with great jade eyes about two hand spans apart, staring at you from 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 basically this height of your head. But you think it's moving on all fours. I will move closer. As you move closer, its eyes seem to move closer. And out from the bamboo stalks, uh, a man walks. Uh, he's wearing uh, the skin of a great tiger across his back and shoulders. And its legs are strapped down across his arms. And beneath that, he's wearing a, 
a simple uh, robe that is common in Katai. But you notice that his feet are bare and his hands um, have no jewelry on them. But his nails, uh, fingernails and toenails are black. He goes, I smelled your offering on the wind, sorcerer. It was not meant for you, but I'm glad I could help. Uh, no, I, I sense the serpents that you serve. But perhaps they are far from here. Perhaps there is more you would like to know. I always wish to know more. Well, if you are willing to so generously offer as you have to your other patrons, perhaps there is something that I could show you. I do not see why I could not accommodate you. And you hear a purring sound and he smiles and he goes, I am Hu Ye, the Tiger Lord. And he takes, you see him pull back his tiger's cloak and he pulls off a necklace that appears to be made of tiger's claws. And he goes, kneel before me, Sobek, of the cult of Set. I'll kneel. And he drapes this necklace over you and places it against your chest. And then you feel the claws bite into your pectoral muscles and around your collar. And the entire necklace sinks into your skin. And now instead you've got a, 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 a tattoo circling around your shoulders of tiger's claws. I have never seen magic such as this. Mm. As I said, I am Hu Ye, the Tiger Lord. I am the Bailiff of the Tenth Court of Hell. And now you are my eyes and claws upon the land, wherever you go. Offer up to me as you have offered up to those of Set, and the claws of the Tiger will serve you. And with that, your mind is opened to other sorceress possibilities. And I believe you have already... So that was uh, that was Sobek's XP spend, or at least one of his XP spends, was to get take the patron talent a second time. His new patron is Huye, the Tiger Lord, Bailiff of the Tenth Court of Hell. Um, and I believe you already selected a spell that you wanted to learn from him. Yes, I did. Um, I chose form of a beast so now i can change my shape and as those claws sink into you and that tattoo forms you the 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 spell is is basically writ upon your soul you know it now as you knew all of your other spells and then you his jaws open wider than any human jaws should ever be able to open and he basically grasps your face and his jaws should you fail to serve me? And you know he can't be speaking, but you're hearing this in your mind. If you fail 
to offer as you should, if you fare to serve me in the land of the mortals, then it is your soul that I will take with me to our hell. And no god, no serpent can take you from my grasp. This is as it should be. Now I will tell you one other thing, Sobek, tiger son, snake follower. Should a merchant lord approach you in the coming days and ask a favor of you, regardless of how you feel, you will accept that favor and you will carry out his task as if your very soul depends upon it. And you feel a tearing at your face and a shock of pain. And then when you look up, you just see a tiger's tail bounding away back into the bamboo. Well, that was illuminating. We'll be on the lookout for a merchant lord. And now, was there any other XP that Sobek wanted to spend? That's all I could afford. Okay. So uh, both Sobek and Zamir have paid off their sorceress debts. One I do have by one question, oh, yes. if that's okay. Just a clarification. Mm -hmm. So do I take vigor or fatigue? So the fatigue. item says I take, but it says I take fatigue if I fail to to pay its demands. Yeah, and if so you if you fail to to pay the demands from getting the getting the resolve or the vigor from someone else, you pay in fatigue. Oh. I didn't until know. the next uh, until okay. the next uh, carousing event until the so, next time you had to pay it. Okay, but fatigue can still be restored by the usual way that fatigue is restored. Not uh, not in this instance. You are stuck with the fatigue until the next time you pay the demand, or you can just go out and pay the demand. Okay. Yeah, demonic uh, demonic weapons are evil, <laughs> but. I don't know. I just don't think it has that much of a a payoff for the penalty. But that's, that's true. That's true. Um, but you've not necessarily unlocked all of this particular weapon's abilities. But you can also undertake a quest to get rid of it. There are ways to get rid of demonic weapons as well. And there's someone in the party who is not good at stealthing, but okay at healing. I have experience uh, with demons if you don't want it anymore. So, now that the patrons, sorcerer's patrons have been dealt with, um, now we move into the, the main part of carousing, which is your carousing activities. So there are multiple different things that the players can do, uh, the characters can do during carousing activities. Um, you can find a patron, which is not a sorcerer's patron, just someone who's going to help you find jobs. Um, you can trade, which is either look for and buy new equipment, you know, special equipment, or sell things that you got from your last adventure. Uh, you can uh, find and gamble. Um, Conan was famous for going into gambling dens and, uh, and losing a fortune or, or winning one. You can look into, um, rumors, uh, whatever kind of rumors you're looking for, you know, where's the, you know, where's a great treasure, 
you know, where's the live, you know, anything you would want to search for. Now, typically rumors only cost you, it's, it's a one for one gold uh, based on the amount of uh, information you're looking for. But here in Katai, the minimum you can spend is three gold uh, to engage in rumors because most people don't want to talk with you. Uh, you can recover uh, healing uh, either wounds or trauma. So if, and you, instead of having to go through the healing checks, you could spend gold for that. And Sobek, by the way, um, your uh, you were healed by uh, Hu Ye when he accepted you, um, uh, accepted your patronage. Excellent. Um, you can normally you'd also be able to cultivate renown, but here in Katai, you can't cultivate renown until uh, you've completed at least one adventure here and made a name for yourself locally. Um, and as as uh, Sir Drusus Jolden already found out, you can search for a teacher to teach you specific skills that you you would not have, which he did when he was hunting. So we're going to go around. Um, Aurelia is what what kind of carousing activities do you want to engage in? So Aurelia is practical. The first thing that she'll do for the group is look for a patron for us to help us uh, smooth the waters and get get us jobs. Okay. Okay. Um, so over the weeks, you've been uh, you've been you know putting gold in palms, uh, talking to people that actually speak your language within the market district, and finding someone. You 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 actually did find uh, the purveyor of a tea house in the market district, um, who uh, actually speaks your um, uh, several of Hyborian languages. He had been a traveler. And a and a minor merchant, he made enough money to buy this tea house, and now he acts as a factor uh, in helping foreigners find find work, either in caravans or or other types of work. And after your your generous gifts to him, he's willing to accept your party's patronage um, when you decide to start looking for work. Awesome. And his name is Wo Feng. And then another thing that she does is she wants to get a kit of um, clothes that fit in better. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll have to do some buying. Yeah. Okay. So with buying, and that's it's it's interesting with buying and selling. The first thing you have to do is you actually have to find um, what you're looking for. And that's usually usually a society check, unless you're looking to steal it then or deal with the underworld, at which point it could be a thievery check. Um, now, since the item is legal, if you're just looking to buy clothes, you can use either society or persuade. And since you're just looking for clothes, it's just a difficulty one check. Okay, <laughs> my society is really bad, but it's better than my persuade. Okay, uh, once again, um, you can you can spend some doom if you want, or or give me some doom to get some extra dice. It's just a difficulty one. I'm just gonna rip it. Let's let's see. Let's what I do get. it. I like it. You two got two successes. successes. One momentum. So you got one momentum added in. Uh, so you guys are starting to bank a little bit of momentum and you were able to easily find 
um, some clothes that'll allow you to to fit in. Sweet. And I mean, that's not even unless you want to buy several outfits, you don't even need to worry about spending the gold. We'll just count that as part of part of your upkeep, so to speak. Awesome. Thank you. No worries. Anything else you would like to any other carousing activities you want to undertake? And if there are like activities you guys want to do as a group, you can also do that. It doesn't have to be an individual. Like if you wanted to uh, all go out and look for rumors or all go gambling, you know, you can do that. Or you can do it one at a time as you as you get to know the city. Zamir is definitely going to want to look for rumors, I think. Okay. Where do you think you want to look for the rumors? And in, in, in kind of the, the areas you're in, the market district, the shanty district? Oh, or are you looking elsewhere? Uh, I think he would look for. Um, so if we only have access to the to the market. Uh, I mean, you could go anywhere in the city, but okay. in the market district, you're at least somewhat accepted, and in the poorer district and the shanty town, you're you're kind of accepted because these are serfs and or people who deal with foreigners a lot. In the other districts of the city, you're not as accepted, so the difficulty goes up. So, uh, where would there be uh, temples uh, of a, uh, a religious uh, nature? That you're going to be in the mantle of heaven. That's the north northwest district, uh, north of the palace. I think uh, I think that is where uh, Zamir would go, and he would try to, uh, as best he can, stick to the shadows and just listen in. He's particularly interested in. Um, Rumors are not necessarily uh, about places within the city, but places outside of the city, places where um, a group of adventurers could uh, could scour for treasures of uh, of a certain kind. So and, uh, you can you can spend as much gold as you want, but a minimum of three, and it's kind of the same thing. You roll that number of effect dice, and then depending on how much what what your total is will determine on how many valuable rumors you hear. Hmm. I will spend five uh, five gold to spend five, uh, to roll five effects die. I think mm -hmm. yes. So let me go ahead and roll. So I'm just gonna do d six. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, what are the effects again? What numbers? Uh. Five and so it's, it's well, it's your total. So it's five and six for the effects, but I mean, it's the total you rolled. So uh, you got two, three, four, five. You got five in okay. total. You needed a minimum of three. So um, you get as you're talking over the over the few weeks, and you're making your way through here. Uh, you're having a hard time. It's difficult communicating with these people, but several people mention. Um, how dangerous the Swamp of the Dead is. Um, and the fact that very few people from Kitai will travel there because they risk uh, angering the drowned dead. But that is also said that many, that at one point, the swamp was actually a great battlefield and that many have died there and sunk uh, and their armor and their weapons and their finery. And if you are bold enough to travel the swamps of the dead, you might find some great treasure. 
in addition, uh, you hear that there is something that has been plaguing um, the crafts district recently. Um, there have been people disappearing from the crafts district in just the last day or two. Um, and some of the smiths and the craftsmen are beginning to get concerned but because there's no bodies found, uh, the the guards haven't really been taking it seriously quite yet. And the last rumor you hear is that there was a caravan that was traveling to the city from further east, heading towards the Nun Gate. Uh, and it is several days past due, and it was carrying... Uh, a chest uh, that from a from a temple uh, that has a great deal of recovered jade uh, from this temple, and they are bringing it to present to the emperor. The location of the temple and the jade. Oh my, that is very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Okay, makes note of this. We're ready to uh, share uh, stories when time has come with his, uh, his party members. Was there any other carousing activities Zamir would like to undertake during the time that he's here? Uh, I will wait and see what others have done, and maybe I will hop in with one of them. Okay. And Sir Drusus Jolden, what are you doing? I already got a head start on it, but it was the finding a teacher for the Falconry. The hunt yep, talent. you've already taken care of that, yep. So uh, you're, you're actually spending a great deal of your time in the Great Garden uh, with this with this bushy warrior learning the ways of, of falconry. And uh, you're really, I mean, it's, it's taking you a lot of time, but you're beginning to really appreciate the bond between man and bird. Um, and this man who's teaching you is really beginning to appreciate your, your skill at picking up the this this talent trying to see and we will we'll take a look later about uh, actually getting you a bird it's got to be in this book somewhere so i'll look into that in a little bit but uh once you graduate basically at the end of the carousing you will you will be gifted uh, a, a falcon or a hawk from your teacher uh, that will allow you to continue your studies. Okay. Then other than going to studying with the teacher, I'd like to grab Roya here and head to the marketplace in order to sell some of my belongings. Excellent. So you're, you're, you're in the market district. These are, it's the, the, the pathways through the district change almost every day as people set up stands and tear stands down uh, every day different things are being sold and bought. There are a few very stable, large shops, uh, Smithies, Carters, um, Boyers, and Fletchers, uh, but so many of the smaller stalls change without a moment's notice. Uh, but you're finding your way through the marketplace and you're spending, a, you know, it, it might take you a few days to find uh, the right place to sell or purchase your goods. Um, so, what are you looking to sell? Trying to pawn off my saber and shield, since I have new ones. 
Okay. And that's the same. It's so basically you need to do a society or persuade check to find someone who's willing to purchase those from you. So can I uh, do that talking for him? You absolutely can. Yes. Okay. Uh, I should probably check uh, Sir Jolton. What is your society? <laughs> Make sure you're actually uh-huh. better than this. I have a society of five. Oh, good gracious. You don't need my help. You should do this yourself. Oh, I thought you just got a new talent. What, what were you able to do? <laughs> but my, <laughs> my society is at 12. I That's was fine. thinking I, it would help with uh, persuade. I didn't realize it then connected back over to society. <laughs> yeah, I'll be a bit naive here. And like, Roya, these, these people aren't understanding me. Could you help me sell these? Uh, certainly. And I'll sort of act as a translator a little bit since we're in the yeah. market area. And you do have two points of momentum if you want to, to spend any of them. Oh, I'll let you do the rolling too. Oh, I'm doing the rolling too. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you were doing the rolling. Well, goodness. I'm just going to roll it um, because the two momentum to spend would then co- reduce the cost later. I thought this was persuasion. There we go. Two successes. Nice. Um, so you're you're able to find a market, a uh, a weaponsmith. He's like, oh, inferior Western quality. But I will offer you half. So basically, he's offering you the half of the cost for you to purchase it. Uh, he will he will buy them back from you for. Now uh, you can spend momentum. Uh, Momentum gained on the roll to increase that by one gold. And I believe Roya's talent here uh, would all potentially also help. Yeah. So the talent, I think, is specifically for purchasing. Okay. Purchasing. Okay. So if yeah, you so want. Reduce the cost by one by spending two momentum. Okay. So, uh, so just take the cost of a saber and a shield, cut them in half, and that's what you get back in gold. Sounds good. And I can tell you here if you don't have that information. In a second. Okay. A uh, a shield will get you back three gold. And a saber. Oh, here we are. A saber will get you back uh, also three gold. So you get tax six gold in total. Awesome. Is there anything else either one of you would like to do with your carousing? Uh, yeah. So Roya was hoping, uh, while we're here in the market, uh, now that we kind of took care of the, the selling, uh, Roya was looking to try to restock a little bit or maybe kind of stock up. Um, Because she definitely, what she tends to have on her is more of the calming herbs and perfumes and things for healing and different things like that. Uh, So she wants to make sure while we're in this area that she kind of gets herself stocked back up with that. Okay. Okay. Uh, You just need to make a society or persuade check uh, unless you're wanting, unless you're going to try to steal them later. Uh, No, looking to buy outright. and I threw this in chat. I got myself completely turned around. 12 is better than five in this game. So sorry for confusing oh, the okay. audience that is listening and wondering <laughs> what I'm talking about. 
As soon as you said it, I figured it out. I was like, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, two All successes. Right, two successes. Um, okay. So you are able to, to find a person who will sell these goods to you. Now you earned one momentum. So you've got three momentum. Um, obviously you can spend some of that to reduce the total cost if you'd like. Um, sure. Because or... um, I think, see, healer's stuff is cost of eight normally. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I would like to uh, reduce that. So I'll spend two to reduce that. Okay. So you're down to one momentum, and you have bought your healer's uh, equipment. Any anyone else have a carousing activity they want to do? Yeah, with the new gold I acquired, mm -hmm. I'll ask my party members here if they want to go gambling. I would not debase myself in such a way. I must agree with Sobek. I don't understand you. I, you offered me all of your money, and I said no, keep it. I didn't realize you would throw it away like such a. Is Slavin. <laughs> well, I had no use for it, so I spent all I could. Might as well. You have no use for it. Take my we chances. In the great city of Peking, there are many things you could purchase. Places, people, foods, drinks. Come now. Throwing it away, losing money, and gambling with people whose who's very culture and very, very language you don't even understand are going to take you. There are some games here. They look interesting. Could be a nice form of entertainment. <sighs> You are you are far too naive, Drusus, but no, have your fun. I'll go with you, Sir Jolden. Oh yeah, I'm cheering you on. I'm gonna be there. <laughs> be careful going anywhere with Roya. You might end up tortured. <laughs> so you're winding your way through the streets of the market square and you find uh you do find a small uh a drinking establishment that has uh, a gambling uh, den in the in the sunken floor in the middle, and they're playing something with small tiles. You're able to quickly pick up the rules, um, and able to change your gold for jade. How much would you like to gamble? Let's do fifteen. Fifteen gold. Yeah, well, I like it. Okay, so oh roll gosh. roll fifteen d six. And now I this is gambling. Right now. I hate you so much. I that's my money. And I gave it to you to be nice so that you could buy stuff. And this is what you're doing. Okay. Okay. Sir Sheldon, this... would you like to spot me? It appears that your oh, purse course. is much you're, heavier than mine. The only one that came with. Here, have half. Thank you. I'll give you seven. So uh so the three of you are there uh, gambling. Now, this is not just like one throw of a dice or one uh one flip of the tiles. This is over like Probably a day or two of, of money changing hands. So, all right, each of you uh, roll 7d6. And let's see what you get. Okay, you both got a 29. Let's see how that goes. So, two, four, five, six, seven, eight. Sir Drusus, Jolden, you ended up making a gold piece. So, you, you gambled seven, you've got eight now. And All Roya, right. two, three, four, five. You lost two gold. So you gambled seven, uh, and you made back five, so it's uh, all gone. 
Sir, the two Sir Jordan, I did not. I was not a good keeper of your funds. Oh, I won one myself. I don't know how, but they gave me a gold. <laughs> so well, yeah, so uh, just quite enjoyable uh, spending this last. Oh my, this is why they don't have clocks in here. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it has been quite a while, but Roy, you do walk out with five of Sir Drusus uh, Jordan's gold, and and Sir Jordan, you walk out with eight. So all in all. Collectively, you only lost one gold piece after a couple of days of gambling. Anything else? Aurelia, while you're in the gambling den watching, you feel a tug um, at your new clothes, at the at the hem of, of this new robe you're wearing. Hmm. And, and she'll turn around and see. And you look down and you see a, a young girl. She's probably 12 um, you know, the traditional long black hair done in a bun. Uh, she's got a, a kind of a veil over her face. You can't really see her features, uh, but she's wearing a, a, a nice robe. It's clean. It's not incredibly fancy with the brocade and the silk, but it's a, it's a nice sturdy robe. And she goes, and she's, she's looking down and she's, she bows slightly and she goes, Oh, I was, I was sent to find a, uh, Miss Aurelia. Uh, yeah, yes. My master, uh, Master Wolfong, says that he has possibly work for you and your friends. When you wish to come to the tea house, he can make arrangements for you to meet, uh, this patron if you wish. Oh, thank you. Yes. And at that, uh, she turns and scuttles away. And presumably this is around the time where... Drusus is getting his little extra winnings and, and we're leaving. And <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. It's towards the end. But before you go back to the tea house, uh, unless anybody else has any carousing activities they want to do, we're going to move into the last official phase of carousing in the game. And that's the carousing event. Now, if you, everybody remembers, if you watched the beginning of our adventure in Zamora, I started with carousing events to kind of introduce everybody. Uh, but typically it's the end of carousing and that, uh, that you get carousing events. So I need to know, um, if you're choosing to carouse alone or if you are going, uh, in groups or what those groups are. Stick to the group here. Yeah. I've been with Arroyo, maybe Aurelia. Yeah. Okay. I've been creeping. Okay. Okay. Anybody else want to join? Sopek and I need some bonding time. We spent so little time <laughs> together, and we're both demonically uh, connected. So, uh... I think Sobek would carouse alone. <laughs> of course. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I jest. I jest. No, no, no. Character. No, never mind. No, Zamir's by himself. I take it back. <laughs> no, I, I need a nope, guardian. Nope. As I Zemir, still feel nope. blind. Zamir's by himself. That is what it is. <laughs> Zamir is by himself. Sobek is like silently <laughs> following Zamir. <laughs> I can't see anything, Zamir. Where are you going? As a very good observation in very high stealth, he cannot find me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will start with uh, Roya, Aurelia, and Sir Jolden. So I need each of you to roll a d20. Got a five. Got a ten. Oh, and got a 20. A 20. Okay, so a 15. You take the two lowest dice when people are carousing together and add them up. Okay. 
Very interesting. So while you were still at this gambling den, a, a, a very tall statuesque woman walks in um, and she has this this large nodachi, this great two-handed katana strapped across her back. And she's wearing uh, armor. This sort of looks like scale mail or, or what you would associate with scale mail from, from the Hyborian kingdoms. And she sees each of you, and then um, in in a in the stilted language of the West, she says, "You three, would you sit with me for a moment and share tea?" Of course, yes, you're the first course. to invite us. My own people will not hear my pleas. Perhaps adventurers from the West will hear my my offer and take it. She sits down at the table and she places a bag of jade in front of you. And you estimate, based on, based on what you've seen in gambling, it's about five gold pieces worth of jade. My town, off to the north, my small village is under attack from bandits. Their chief is a terror upon the land and the guards of Pike Gang and the wardens of the road will not offer us aid because this bandit chieftain pays them off but I ask you now will you come to defend my village if so you may have this jade and 20 more gold pieces worth of jade when my town is free and a great boon from the Sohe, or the priest, of my village for all of you. A blessing that you will carry with you throughout your lives. I ask only that you consider this. And if you choose to help me, you may find me outside the sun gate in the morning. And with that, she leaves the bag of jade. She stands up and bows very deeply to each of you and says, I pray to my ancestors that I will find you outside the sun gate and that we may find glory in the defeat of the bandits and their chieftain. And then she turns and walks out. All right, five gold. We better get out of here. She did not wait for our reply. Our reply will be in the morning. She's waiting for us at the gates. Okay. We show up if the others agree. All right. Zamir, Sobek, together, apart. Fine. We can, we can, we can go together. I have something to discuss with you anyhow. So fine. Do Each of you gloss. roll 1d20. <laughs> but you take my arm. I have trouble seeing. Yes, again. Uh, 18 and a 9. 18 and a 9. Okay, 27. Actually, it should be a 2d10. So, sorry, 8 and a 9. Uh, 17, 10, 17. Yep. So, as you're walking, uh, arm in arm discussing things, you find yourselves in the great garden. 
and you move into a crowd of people who are all standing around, looking down at the ground. What is it they are looking at? I will look carefully and I will describe it in great, uh, in great detail to my friend Sobek. It's a snake, a dead snake, about three feet long, with great colorful bands surrounding its body. You could tell from the shape of its head that it was a viper of some sort. But you could see nothing that would have caused its death. Hmm. Very curious. I will describe the snake and I will say, Set reached all the way to the eastern kingdom of Kitai. What say you? Set reaches as far as he wishes. Although it may just be a snake. Holy creature as it is, it is a shame that it would die, but that is nature. It, uh... Quite curious. It does not seem to have a. Hmm. Uh, is it possible for Zamir to uh, get a closer look, or is it the crowd? Uh, no, you can it... get as close as you want. I think I think uh, I almost called myself Conan. I think Zamir <laughs> would, uh, would would want to get down and make a, a kind of a careful study of it. Sobek would also anything. also wish to study it, looking more for magical means. Okay. Uh, give me an observation check, Zamir, and a sorcery check, Sobek. I'm going to take the momentum. Huh? Nice. Uh, two successes, you get your momentum back. Uh, three successes for uh, uh, for old Zamir. Nice. Uh, so, yes, you're up to three momentum then. Got it. And what you... Uh, what you see in your observation is kind of what I already told you. The snake itself, um, you've seen depictions of a very similar looking snake in murals and other pictures. So you, you think it's probably local to the region. Uh, it's definitely a poisonous snake, uh, but you've never seen a living one within the walls of the city or any dead one for that matter. There is absolutely no sign of what could have killed it, though. And in your observations, though, you do see everyone staring at the snake, but no one will get as close to you, as close to the snake as you have. But, stranger, of all of the people who are in this crowd when you walked up, you realize not a single person has walked away. Anytime someone else walks up and realizes what they're looking at, they basically plant their feet there and refuse to move. Sobek, with your sorcery check, you do not detect any magic or any magical emanations or anything that would give you any indication that this is an act of sorcery or was affected by an act of sorcery. Zamir, perhaps they have a taboo against touching a dead creature. However, I do not know why they would wish to remain and look at it. Yes, perhaps it is some uh, custom of some kind. Uh, you could give me a society check if you want. Difficulty three. Uh, you One of you can aid the other if you want. Um, okay. I will aid you because I'm not good at society. Okay, roll one dice, Sobek, and see if you get a success. And that would be an automatic additional success if Zamir gets any. It 
Is that a success for your society check? Uh, that is one success, yes. Okay. Okay. Is there a difficulty on this? Difficulty three. I will go ahead and use that momentum then. Oh dear. Well, I got four successes plus one from nice. Sobek, which is five, five. But there is a complication. Complication. Okay. So while you're while you're talking to one another, someone actually close to you uh, speaks in a very in a broken language, a broken Stygian, and says, hmm, "You did not understand. To see a a dead snake is is an anthema." If you see the snake, and then you are the first to walk away after having seen it die, you will be the one to die next. So no one within the crowd can step away from the snake. The complication is, while this guy is talking to you in Stygian, he looks over at Sobek and recognizes in you, in either your manner or your dress, that you are a priest of Set. And he starts speaking uh, in hushed tones uh, in high Catan to other people in the crowd. And they all start looking at you uh, with very angry eyes. You get the feeling that they might blame you for the death of this snake or putting them in this very precarious situation. What do the two of you want to do? Zamir, I feel that there are many eyes upon me. Oh, you are not wrong in this. Listen, my friend. I have been told that I am uh, nigh immortal. So I shall take it upon myself to... Uh, to be the first to walk away. And so Zamir will get up. He will uh, dust himself off. He will take a gracious bow to the crowd. He will turn and he will walk away. And everyone goes, oh, and you hear these whispers just ripple through this crowd. And as soon as you walk away, they scatter, just absolutely scatter, finally being free. You see a couple of people who probably have been there for the longest. Their legs are dead with exhaustion of standing there. And they just sort of crumple to the ground and start crawling away. But within moments, the entire crowd is gone. Zemir, I will take the dead snake to give it a proper burial. Of course. Okay. Zamir, if he could, uh, once he sees some crawling away, he will hurry over and see if the one, any of the ones that are crawling away would want a, a sip of water or something. Kind of help them up. Try to be a gentleman. Continue to do this. Uh, and they greatly appreciate it. They ha that you help them to their feet. You help them along the garden paths uh, to, to, you know... Um, benches and and whatnot and and they in a very you can tell uh even though they're not speaking your language that they are are greatly appreciative of you and, and this old woman holds your face in her hands and uh she gives you a kiss on the forehead and uh presses a small jade token into your hand and it is uh it's in the shape of a of a crane flying with its wings folding over and you get the feeling, you feel a warmth pass through. You get the feeling that this is a blessing of some sort. And you gain a fortune point. Oh, very nice. So, Or your acts of kindness. Zamir will 
will bow very grace gracefully. Does not know whether I'd imagine he's been here for a time. Maybe it, replicating behavior he might have observed. Mm-hmm. Bow very grace gracefully. Tap a tap a hand to his forehead. Lean it forward, and we'll turn. And the two of you are able to then walk away with the dead snake under Sobek's robes. Was there something that Zamir wanted to discuss with Sobek as you walk through uh, the garden? Yes, I will turn to Zobek as we are walking. Sobek, you are um, a man with particular talents. I must share with you something I would rather the others not know. In need of your I will expertise. always keep your secrets. Hmm, perhaps. It seems, and I will produce the dagger very surreptitiously, then return it just as quickly to a hidden place. I, I must say, this, um, this dagger has carried with it a price I was not, uh, I was not necessarily prepared to, uh, to take on. It, um... It wants me to feed, feed it, blood, death, Eh, the specifics are unclear, a voice comes to me every so often, speaks to me in the back of my head, and I understand that this might sound as though I am mad, but I assure you, eh, it is true, I am not one for fanciful things. I've heard voices before, I've felt callings, and... Many of the beings that grant me my power also require feedings. I would suggest that you sate them as best you can. Personally, I prefer to have someone else do the dirty business for me, but that may not be an option for you. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion that um, it wants me to... uh... It wants me to uh, snuff a life, and, and while I am assassin, yes, 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 yeah, I uh, there is a code, my friend. I do not kill uh, for no per- no reason, without contract, without means. Uh, who am I to judge others far more intelligent and capable than I? Wise, of course, they are the ones who decide who should go and who should stay. I prefer not to make those choices myself, of course. I am defending myself, that is a different story. But I don't know if I am quite comfortable being the one to decide who it is should be be taken from this world. How do you do it? Well, as I did it yesterday, I found a follower of Set to find the appropriate offerings for me. I suppose we could return and find more offerings for you in the same way. When you say offering, um, I had him murder people. Oh, I see. Uh, But these people that they are murdering, is they... uh, Who are they, exactly? Oh, I prefer not to be involved. Uh, Degree of separation is always useful. I appreciate the offer, of course. Um, I am not one, as I said, to uh, uh, carelessly 
take her life, especially if it were to track back to me and I was unsanctioned. That would not that would not look well. Uh, I shall think on this then. If you wish, it may not be the same, but I could wield the blade for you. I appreciate that, of course, but uh, and perhaps you are more suited for it as a sorcerer of set. I have no doubt that the snake symbology on this weapon is, uh, is meaningful. However, um, I mean no disrespect. The uh, price that is paid, I am not sure you are vibrant enough to withstand it. Would it soothe your conscience if I made the person ask you to do it? When you say made, do you mean of their own free will and volition, or do you mean because you have uh, commandeered their, their thinking? That is a strange way to put it. When I tell them they want to do something, they want to do it. I have not commandeered anything. I have just bent their will a little. Mm. It is what they desire. Is it, though? Hey. Perhaps you might show me this, the process, and I might judge for myself. I would be delighted. Excellent. Would we be able to uh, go find my good buddy uh, follower of set? So as you're making your way back through, looking through the market di district find to try to find where this individual is, you actually do see him. Um, he's being pulled out of a, a home. Um, he's got a bloody dagger in his hand and uh, the watch and... Uh, a, a large group of the watch are pulling him out and you see uh, a Catan um, inquisitor um, talking to this individual uh, in Catan. You don't understand, but he looks frantic. His eyes are wide and he's, he's babbling back something to them, um, pointing at his hands. Like he doesn't know what happened. Um, and then you hear wails coming from within this home. And you see the bodies of this family that's been butchered uh, are being brought out and wrapped by the few relatives that survived. Um, and they, oh, they begin to take... He was able to accomplish his task. They begin taking him he away. He could have been more subtle. I, uh, I see your process now, indeed. Um... I thank you for the offer, my friend. I shall find an alter alternative. Yes. If you change your mind, do not be afraid to ask again. Oh, fear. Fear is not what holds my tongue. And Zamir, at that point, when you say no to Sobek, to his offer, you feel... It almost feels like the soft hair of Grandmother Wisp flowing across your cheek. 
and you hear a whisper in your ear and it says, seek out the center of the swamp of the dead and bury the blade in the past of a wicked man and you shall be free. And it almost feels like a kiss across your cheek at that last word. So, so Zamir will will hold his hand up to his cheek at that point and look around. So, and might look a little odd to Sobek as he does this. I will do this. Thank you. Well, you do wish for my help. No, as I said, I will find an alternative, and one has been provided. We have a journey, my friend, a dangerous one, but one. I think shall be rewarding to us all. The most dangerous journeys have the best rewards. And as Zamir says that, Sobek, you feel the tightening of the tiger claws around your heart, almost pulling you along. At this point, Roya, Aurelia, and Sir Jolden are coming out of this gambling den, and you just happen to run into Sobek and Zamir within the market district. Uh, you walked past this, this horror house of this massacred family, um, and you see the two of them standing outside of it in, in conversation. You've been given the opportunity to perhaps save a village you've also been asked to come to the uh, tea house where your patron is at to talk about a possible job and then of course uh zamir has been touched by grandmother wisp with a way of dealing with this demonic blade you can pursue any and or all of them some are obviously times more time sensitive than others discuss amongst yourselves Oi, you guys. Sedrusis, how much of my money did you lose? Oh, I didn't lose any at all. Oh, well, then I will take it back then, yes? Oh, yes, I owe you, of course. 15 gold. Yes. And as you go to grab it, it's already gone. He's like, oh, you know, <laughs> I seem to have lost it. No, 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 no. I have merely lent it to you for a time being. My friends, uh... We have a journey before us. Uh, one that is very dangerous. Um, to a very... Um, uh, a location of some... Um, some renown, infamy, within the Gaitan people. The Swamp of the Dead, yes. Come now. The Swamp, the Dead, sounds adventurous. Yes, Drusus. Oh, Swamp of Death, of course. Yes, yes. And Aurelia... Yeah, it was directed there by uh, by Grandmother Wisp herself. Oh, that, that's lovely. But uh, we do have a village to save first, I think. Uh, is, is yours time sensitive? In the manner of speaking. As we could save the village, but it would just be ruined in another year or two. What is the point? The point is having another village not be wiped off a map. I'm just saying that you would be merely delaying the inevitable. 
Well, Sobek, would you like to just sit here and wait for the inevitable to happen? Or would you like to have some experiences along the way? Oh, no, I, I wish to go to the Swamp of the Dead. We should gather off the streets, go to this tea house Aurelia found. Seems to be someone there. Uh, yeah, my patron. He does have an offer for us as well. Uh, Zamir, there is an offer of 20 jade if we do save the village. Well, are we truly heroes? And are we truly good people, Aurelia, if we are taking payment for these services? So which is it? Are we mercenaries? Or are we do-gooders? Uh, both. You can, no. why not both? Hmm. I, well, just I will go with you to this someone... tea house, of course. Hmm. And, and Aurelia kind of goes quiet when she realizes you guys aren't really as invested in the village as she is. And uh, she just kind of steps back away from the group a little bit and she'll lead the, or she'll lead the way towards the tea house. She's a little bit colder to the rest of the group. I do quite enjoy the tea in this city. One of its few benefits. It's been quite delicious. It uh, helped pass the time uh, while uh, gambling. And Raya just sort of looks at Zamir uh, and she sort of feels the extra gold that she has in her pocket from the gambling from Sir Jolden. Uh, and she'll... Uh, never mind. Did you find some enjoyment as well? We found... Uh... Curiosities. Just put it that way. Excellent. It was a productive day for me. That is good. No, you you are with us as a party. You have not been captured or tortured. No, I went with Zamir this time, and I think that is why. That is the wise choice. And I do believe that if one of us was captured, we should commit to telling each other about it next time. Indeed, that would be very, very, very much, very much a, a thing uh, to do. Uh, uh, Aurelia, are, are we? Uh, we're, we're almost back, right? I, I wasn't paying very close attention when we left. And in fact, you do. Your conversation has carried you back to the tea house. And Aurelia, you see your patron, Wolfong. Uh, he's, 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 he's ushering you. Come. Mm -hmm. Come, Miss Aurelia. And, and she quickly approaches him. Oh. As you have requested of me, your most humble servant, I have found for you an opportunity unlike any. A great, a great man. A powerful merchant lord has the need of a group of adventurers like yourselves for a minor task, a small favor to perform for him. Would you be willing to listen to his tale? Ah, uh, yes. And he's the same little girl he sends off. He's like, I shall bring tea to you all while you wait, and he shall be here soon. He is a very, very keen to have this small favor taken care of. And then he turns to you and he goes, did you hear about what happened uh, on the other side of the market district? 
Uh, no, what happened? A follower of the foul snake god has slain a family while they were at dinner. A mother, a father, the grandparents, and the eldest daughter all lay dead beneath his blade. That's awful. He claimed, he claims that some wicked follower uh, of Set had invaded his mind and forced his hand, but the Inquisitors will get out the truth from him. And any, and, oh, I, no, I, I cannot say such a horrible thing to such a, to such a wonderful young lady as you, but let it be known, you are safe here. Once they find the culprits, the deaths that they shall suffer are beyond agonies. They will, their souls will be flayed across all the hundred hells of Kitai. As it should be. And it goes. Tuck my symbol of set into my robes. <laughs> and he's he's putting out tea, and uh, and he goes, oh oh, he, they are back. He she is coming, and you see coming through, um, the doors to this tea house. You see a very large, heavy set man, um, in in heavily brocaded robes, um, and and a small conical hat on his head. Uh, he has the cast of a Sohe about him, a warrior priest. And then slightly behind him and to the left is a very tall, slender, what you believe is a middle-aged man in incredibly wealthy, brocaded silk robes, multi-layered robes. Uh, he's wearing a box hat with a veil over his face. So you can't actually see his face. And his hands are within his sleeves and he's walking very gracefully. And then to the right of him is an older, smaller man uh, wearing the, the robes of a scribe. And your patron, uh, Wu Feng, seats you uh, at, at, the, at the highest table in the tea house um, and escorts this, this gentleman in. And he goes, oh, my, my dear friend Aurelia, let me introduce to you uh, the factor Bai Kui of the Merchant Lord Lu Tian. He will speak with you uh, for uh, Master Lu Tian. And you see the man with the veiled face, just he takes one hand out of his robe and shoes off the owner of the tea house and he flees. And uh, this, this older man in, in, the, in the scribe's robes turns to you all and in an imperfect uh, Western language, she says, Welcome and thank you for coming to hear my master in his request for this small, small favor that you would do for him and for Kitai. I am, as you have heard, Bai Kui, his factor. First, I must say to you, there are forms that must be followed in polite society. And I know that you barbarians do not understand polite society. So if you will allow me, I will walk you through the process so you do not embarrass yourself in front of such a great man as my master. Yes, please, if you could teach us. As he sits, you will bow to him from your waist. You will not look at him, but you will bow to him and you will hold that bow for three breaths. 
When you hear his knees hit the, the reed mat, then you may look up and seat yourself. Do not touch the tea in front of you and do not look directly into his eyes. You must look into my eyes as I speak for him. Is this understood? Yes, thank you. Yes. So what I need is a society check. The person with the best society can make it. It's a, it's a one difficulty. Everybody else can attempt to aid. And as long as you cumulatively get more than one success, uh, you will not fail at the basic at this basic ceremony. I but have society have 10. 15 here. It is Drusus, I believe. Oh. Yeah, yes. I think it's Drusus. <laughs> okay, anybody who wants to try... I mean, Drusus, you can just roll if you want, but anybody who wants to aid may aid. Uh, in remind me again yeah. to aid. Do we? Just so it's you just roll just the one dice. I think if you pull up the skill, there's the, an aid button, and it'll just roll the one dice. I and tend if, to roll complications, so perhaps I should sit this one out. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe I should too. No aid. Then. So just roll one d twenty. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That is a fail for Zamir. Success. Okay. So, uh, Sir Drusus, as long as you succeed, you will succeed with at least one point of momentum because you only need one success. Aurelia, you got a success too? Excellent. Okay. So that's two successes as long as you get at least one success, Sir Jolden. I'll just spend a fortune. All right. So you spend a fortune point, you get two successes automatically. You get a total of. Four successes, so you get six successes, so you're you're full up on momentum, and you uh, easily guide your friends through the process of bowing and seating yourself. And you see this man seated before you now. He's still got his veil down, and his factor says, "Oh, even a barbarian may be taught. You have, you have, you you bow better than most children." Now I will tell you. My master will speak to you of his favor. But before that, we must share tea. My master will pick up his teacup. He will bow before it. When he bows before his teacup, you will pick up your teacups and you will bow before your teacup. Then you will each take one sip and then you will place your teacup down in front of you. Sir Drusus, uh, with that amazing success on your last one, we're just going to roll that over. You all go through this very basic tea ceremony without any issue. And once again, Baikui looks impressed. He did not, he expected you guys to screw this up, but but you didn't. So he says, uh, and then he speaks for a moment in High Catan to his, to his uh, lord. And his lord speaks back to him and he goes, may I introduce to you... Uh, the great Lord Lutian, and this is his, uh, what would you call it in your Western tongue, his um, exorcist and priest, Wei Huan. My master would like to tell you a story. And at that point, um, he turns to his master, uh, turns to uh, Lutian, and he begins to speak. Uh, and he and Lutian speaks 
passionately uh, for several minutes. And then he stops and he bows his head down and uh, Bai Kui looks at all of you. And in a very different sounding voice, a much more cultured, deeper voice, he goes into the story and he says, it is said that during the reign of the Song Emperor, there existed among his court officials a powerful Wu Rin, whose name has been struck from the rolls of the celestial bureaucracy and from the wheel of rebirth. This Wu Rin had designs upon the emperor's daughter and through her, the emperor's throne. But the emperor was very wily and he saw through the Wu Rin's lies. And so the Song Emperor petitioned Yu Huang, the heavenly grandfather, the Jade Emperor, to trap this Wu Rin within Evichi Naraka, the ninth court of hell, and to strip him of name and all earthly accomplishments, to make him deathless, a spirit cast from the wheel. In this, the Jade Emperor agreed, and the Song Emperor used his daughter to bait a trap on the night of the blood moon. And then the trap was spung, and the Wu Rin was pulled to the ninth hell to be eternally judged by Ping Ding Wang, the master judge of that layer of hell. But the Jade Emperor warned that in time one would come who would be the key to the Wu Rin's prison. This child would be born on the night of a blood bone and would have golden eyes. Then, in her 21st year, the Wu Rin would be free between the blood moon and the next full moon to claim her as his own, and then his prison would be undone. The Wu Rin himself was no fool and heard the prophecy even as he was being dragged to hell. So he used his great sorcery to pull gossamer threads of demonic essence into himself so he could bend the rules of his prison. It is said that he has suffered great torments, but he forever smiles as he plots his return, free from the train's chains of mortality. In this hell, he was rechristened as Death of Midnight Shining. As his power in the underworld grew, he made a bargain with the money guardians of hell, the Baobay Ye, for their help in his escape. These demonic specters promised Death of Midnight Shining passage to the tenth hell and a return to the mortal world through the court of Zhuanlun Yang in exchange for the soul of the golden-eyed girl of the prophecy. All know this tale and take precautions to ensure that no babe is born on the night of a blood moon. But sadly, my lord's wife was traveling when her time came, several weeks early, and with no access to the herbs that would slow the birth. And so it was that my lord's daughter, Lu Taijun, was born on the night of the blood moon, with eyes of golden fire. The Jade Emperor's warning was made manifest, and now Lu Taijun has been spirited away by death of midnight shining to his haunted pagoda that straddles this world and the underworld in the depths of the swamp of the dead. And so, 
it is my Lord's request that you take under undertake this small favor and travel to this pragoda within the swamps of the dead and reclaim his daughter before the full moon in less than two weeks and bring her out of the swamp of the dead. And then my master will have her go far beyond the boundaries of Kitai to other family holdings where she will be safe from death of the night shining. My master would of course expect to pay for you undertaking this very small and simple favor on his behalf. To each of you, he will give jade in the weight of 15 of your gold. And he will give to you a great relic of his family, an heirloom, a weapon of the great bow maiden, his great grandmother. It is a, a bow of magnificence. It is said that it never misses its target and its string will never break. Of these things he will give you, and he will speak of your willingness to aid Kitai and his family to the emperor himself. And then he stops for a moment, and then back in his normal voice, he says, if you are willing to take this job, all you must simply do is pick up your teacup and take one sip and then place it down. And then the job will be sealed, and my master will help you in whatever way he can to prepare you for your journey through me. If you are unwilling to undertake this job, you simply must stand and turn your back to the table, and we will withdraw. You may speak amongst yourself for a moment. Would this feel like the, the favor that I was supposed to follow from my patron? It does sound... I mean, it is a merchant lord asking you for a favor. Uh, I wouldn't talk to them. I would just take a sip of the tea. Zamir has already done so. <laughs> okay. Swamp of the Death. It's the second time this come up today. Can I get some sort of idea of how much influence this family holds in the city? Uh, Yeah, give me a society check. Now that you've heard his name. Uh, just a simple check, and depending on how well you do, will determine how much information you have. Two successes. Two successes. You've definitely heard this name. Uh, they are a prominent merchant family and of noble blood. I mean, they're well removed from the throne of the emperor, but they are, in the equivalent, they would be like a, a marquee. Um, in some of the Western nations. And he's a very, very wealthy merchant lord with holdings throughout the different countries of the East and probably has caravans that travel the Silk, uh, the Silk Road back to, uh, back to the Hyborian kingdoms as well. It's settled. I'll drink with the rest of the group. So Does everyone drink? Or yep. are you splitting the party for different adventures? <laughs> no, we're all so we're staying together this time. <laughs> yeah, everybody drank some some a little bit more uh, urgently okay. than others. Okay, so you all take a drink, and the Lord, for the first time, you you almost get a sense of emotion from him, um, and he pulls his veil up, and you see this careworn, 
haggard look on the, I mean, a very powerful features, but you can see the dark circles under his eyes. And he speaks um, in perfect, perfect Western language to you. Thank you for undertaking this favor for my family and for my daughter's safety. My factor and my exorcist will help provide you any information you need on the Swamp of the Dead. And he gives each of you five gold pieces equivalent in jade uh, to provision yourself as you see fit. He goes, she was taken last night on the blood moon. There is two weeks between now and the full moon. She must be removed from his pagoda and his clutches within those two weeks and outside of the swamp of the dead. As long as she's outside of the swamp within two weeks, she will be safe and I will have her removed from the country before the next blood moon. You do me and my family great honor. Who was to know that barbarians such as yourself even possessed such honor? But if you succeed, all within Kitai will know your names. And with that, he pulls his veil back down and he stands and moves away. And uh, Baki once again says, You have your jade. Uh, there is a scholar that I will send to you uh, in the morning who can speak to you on the Swamp of the Dead. Uh, is there anything else that you need of? either myself uh, or my associate here, and he's pointing back at the uh, exorcist, uh, this afternoon. Did she supply us with a place to stay? You got, you do have places to stay already, uh, but yes, he can move you to slightly nicer. I mean, you're Westerners, so he can, he'll put you up in nicer a nicer area here within the market district outside of the poor district. Great. My previous accommodations were not to my standards. Um, so he says, I will see to that now. Uh, and Sobek, the uh, the Sohe, the uh, exorcist, Wei Huan, looks at you, stares right into your bandaged eyes. I mean, he gets close and he goes bloody spirits of the recently departed swirl around you in rage. I would suggest that you make your way out of the city quickly. I will tell you now, if you are not in my master's employ, I would have killed you where you stood, and my brothers in the order will not be so forgiving for the murder of our people by a dog like you. And with that, he walks out. Uh, Roya would would ask, um, are there any stories of anyone who might have attempted unsuccessfully to venture into that area before? Oh, yes, yes. The scholar that I am going to have come see you tomorrow morning, uh, this is Bai Kui talking to you, uh, he he knows much of the legends of the Swamp of the Dead. No, it is true that uh, no one in 
living memory has traveled across the swamp and returned. But if anyone knows the tricks of the swamp, it is this man. He has made a study of it his entire life. There are many things, many pitfalls within the swamp. At its heart, this pagoda, if that is where it is, will be standing over the crossroads of the underworld, and there will be great death within there. Uh, the, the, the memory and dreams of, of horrible death will exist within that place. But throughout the swamp, the drowned dead will be, and the hungry ghosts will float upon its winds. There will be much to fear in the swamp of the dead, but you are clearly all very capable for Westerners. And he may know tricks that he will be able to tell you. And his services have been already been paid for by my lord, so do not allow him to con you out of money. He does like his wine. Do you have any suggestions of protections for the dead? For us from the dead? I I am sorry. This is esoteric knowledge that is outside of a simple factor's life. But my friend tomorrow may. He is more agreeable than... Uh, than Wei Huai. He may not care about the ghosts that surround your friend. He is a spiritualist himself of some power, and he should be able to help you. Thank you. Do you have any other questions of me, then? Uh, no, thank you. Uh, and Ray just sort of looks over at Sobek and and he writes out in, in this elaborate calligraphy, this kanji, um, and, he, and he hands it over uh, to you, Roy, and he goes, this is the address of where you will be staying in the Mershon Quarter. Uh, you may show it to your patron here, and he can help guide you uh, to the boarding house. Uh, you will have the run of it in its entirety. It is a home for traveling merchants who do business with my master. For as long as you stay here, as long as you are successful, it will be your home. Thank you. Now, the only question I have is, is anybody going to go out uh, out the sun gate tomorrow at dawn and tell this uh, young woman that you're not going to save her village? Uh... I will tell her if you wish. Or, no. or do you want to go try to save her village and uh, save the uh, merchant's daughter? I won't stop you. They both sound kind of time crunchy. It's, they do, don't they? Yeah, this is uh, painful. Now, when, when you rolled mm -hmm. that on your carousing event, I was like, oh, that's... You're like, that one's, that's, that's a knife in her gut. <laughs> that's going to be hard on... That's going to be hard on Aurelia. <laughs> uh... uh Aurelia will probably go to tell her that uh, we are unable to, to travel at this time, but when we return, we can still assist if if uh, it's acceptable. She looks a little crestfallen, but she tells you the name of her village. She goes, please come when you are able. And if our village is still there and you can offer your assistance, it will be greatly appreciated. And with that, she she turns and starts walking down the road. So before she leaves, Aurelia mm -hmm. would have made sure to to pay her back what okay. she gave us. She she says, "Thank you for your honesty. I hope 
that I will see you this side of the veil. And and whatever well wishes Aurelia's learned to say back, she, she okay. says back. Uh, and then she you is you pressed. <laughs> so you had a uh, you had a all but Aurelia had a relatively comfortable night in this new uh, in in this new home. Um, Sobek, though, as you slept, you did feel. It's almost as if you felt the fingers of the city stretching out and looking for you. Wisps and eddies of breezes. Uh, and you could feel them questing for you. They weren't able to find you. Your your own protections through Set and Hu Ye are keeping them at bay. But you get the feeling that they won't be giving up easily. I don't understand why they're so upset. I had no part in it. And at that, with Sobek questioning why his murderous sorcery is in question in this city, uh, we'll be calling it a night. And in two weeks, we'll get into uh, meeting with this occultist and then diving into the Swamp of the Dead to travel to the heart of it, to a ghostly pagoda, to deal with a demonic Wu Ren kidnapper and possibly deal with a demonic blade that's wielded by Zamir. Awesome. Hope everybody had a good time tonight. I hope everybody enjoyed carousing. Um, Jeff, I'm going to turn it back over to you. What do we got going on? Uh, Yeah, so... First of all, I want to say belated thank yous to uh, Murder Hobos and Joker Bros and Lost Caravan RPG for for raiding tonight. Is there any more that I missed? I think it was just the two. Yeah, uh, but thank I you very much. So. Go follow them. They do awesome stuff. Uh, after that, uh, we've got tomorrow, I think is our next game. We got one ring. You can see uh, most of the faces here in that game where a Steven's character, it's his turn to uh, to have a life or death cliffhanger between sessions. So we'll see what happens. Uh, with uh, with his uh, his dwarf named Daggett. Uh, then uh, our next game is Monday, where Melissa and I are back to Holler for Savage Worlds, uh, where Tracy Sizemore has been uh, guesting as the shift boss GM. Uh, she's been running us through uh, a, a special adventure from uh, for Holler uh, called The Savior of Hollow Oak, uh, and we should be wrapping that up and maybe doing a giveaway. So come hang out with us. Uh, Steven... What's going on on Tuesdays? Tuesday, we're back to Forbidden Lands. Uh, we missed a session, but we will be picking up uh, right with a fun little fight. Uh, Aaron, Jeff, and Melissa will be in that. They're fighting an evil Pinocchio, and I know that's redundant, Jeff, but that's what I'm describing him as. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and then let's see what else we got. Uh, so next week, uh, we're going to be off on Fridays and Saturday, on Friday and Saturday next week. Uh, so, uh, we won't have any Blade Runner next week, but we'll be back in two weeks, uh, with more Conan, uh, where I think we're all going to, in the middle of the night, have a conversation and maybe turn so back in for whatever bounty there might be, <laughs> uh, just get richer, uh, which should be great. Uh, but I think that's all we got, right? Any, anything else, anything else we got to do? I think that's it. That's all it. right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and raid our pals over at Defenders of Cold Blood, 
uh, where Joe, uh, good old Joe, who's in that holler game, uh, he is running a one shot of a system he's developing himself. Uh, so let's go say hi and uh, see what they're up to. So good night, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Good night. See you.